0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: What's up, everyone? Matt here. Obviously, we had a huge piece of breaking news come down late Thursday night. Well, after we taped this week seven preview podcast, the San Francisco 49ers are trading a second, third and fourth round pick in the 2023 NFL draft in a fifth rounder. In the next year's draft for Panther star running back Christian McCaffrey. This is huge. It's a bombshell. Obviously, um, Christian McCaffrey is one of the best players at his position in the entire NFL. He was one of the first three players off the board in basically every fantasy draft. And he's pretty much been what we expected this year. You know, he has been obviously not at his peak ceiling in that miserable Panthers offense. But he's been a rock solid running back one in fantasy football. This year, um, you know, going to the 49ers, it's an interesting one because I think I can talk myself in a couple of directions here, right? Like off the cuff your touchdown odds are going to be better in San Francisco. That offense has been good. It's been efficient for the most part this year, Um, even if there have been a couple hiccups along the way with Jimmy G, you know, getting back under center there, everything uh, that we typically know with the Jimmy G experience, but much, much better offensive environment there in San Francisco than you're going to get in Carolina. That is just about the stone worst. And we'll, we'll come back to Carolina here in a second. Sticking in San Francisco on McCaffrey right now, you know, I, I think that McCaffrey – Price still remains among the top four or five running backs in fantasy football rest of season rankings. I don't think you're really adjusting expectations because the the rushing ecosystem is really, really good in San Francisco. The touchdown odds are obviously better um, in San Francisco than they would be in Carolina. But the biggest question for me is... What happens to his passing game role? We know he's going to play a ton of snaps. Obviously, that you don't trade. This is a huge haul, right? Like this is not some little uh, trade here. It's sending a second, a third, and a fourth. When you're already late on draft picks because of the Trey Lance trade, it's a big deal for the 49ers. Like they're not going to come and get Chris McCaffrey and stick him in some wild little committee. They're okay with their other backup running backs um, You know that they've got there right now. McCaffrey is going to be a full workhorse for this team. But is he going to get those, like, 8, 9, even 10-catch games that we were getting out of Christian McCaffrey? Is he going to get those in San Francisco? I think that's kind of questionable because they still have – like, it's already tough to make the math work with Debo Samuel. It's tough to make the math work with, um you know, George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. Like, we talk about that in, in the podcast upcoming here. You know, they've been – and we talked about it with the Stat Nerd podcast with Dalton yesterday. It's tough to, you know – make it work. Like it's tough to get all these guys the volume they need to be consistent ceiling and floor plays in fantasy football. Now we're adding another target earner to the mix here. We've got to get the San Francisco 49ers out of the basement in terms of passing play percentage. They rank 28th in neutral pass rate right now. Um and, and, and we got to get that higher. We got to get them closer to like 15th, closer to the league average, you know, in terms of neutral pass rate. I think that can happen, but it would be a stretch considering what we've typically gotten out of Kyle Shanahan offenses. That's the biggest question for Christian McCaffrey. It sounds like he's going to make his 49ers debut here in week seven. Um, like he's going to play right away for them. So if you have him in fantasy, you're starting him and we're going to learn a lot about his usage and learn a lot about his role right away. Um, so Chris McCaffrey, probably a neutral move for his fantasy value. I do think this hurts and it pains me to say, cause I love these guys. Um, I, uh, I, you know, the the Brandon Ayuk. Obviously, he's one of my guys. I think this hurts the ceiling and floor projection, especially the floor projection. The ceilings will be there for these guys because his offense is good and they're all really talented. But for a guy like Ayuk, the floor was already tough to trust. It's going to be tougher to trust now with McCaffrey there, with George Kittle there. Going to be tough. It's been tough to to trust the floor with him. I think that's going to remain the same with Debo Samuel. He's left plays on the field this year. He's been getting a ton of targets, but it's going to like be forget about rushing work for Debo Samuel, or at least high end running back carries. And that was kind of saving his bacon early in the year in terms of fantasy football. So I think this is a bit of a problematic move for those guys from a fantasy angle, but great move for the 49ers offense are going to be a better unit because of this. And, you know, if you've been stashing Eli Mitchell or whatever on, on injured reserve, you can probably go ahead and forget about it. Now. I think he's you don't have to wait on that. Okay, they're not going to come back and split the carries. I think between Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. So that's that on that. And with the Panthers, um, look, I, you know, I, hopefully you've already made some moves here. I, if if they're still out there, I would prioritize picking up Donta Foreman ahead of Chuba Hubbard because you know Donta Foreman actually looked good last year. Chuba Hubbard did not. Obviously, the the Titans were the one that uh, Donta Foreman was playing on last year, but he looked pretty good in relief of Derrick Henry at certain times. Chuba Hubbard did not look good with the Panthers last year. So give me Dante Foreman, but like this is probably going to be a timeshare on the stone worst offense in the NFL. I guess it frees up more targets for DJ Moore if you want to continue to hang on to that prayer. But um, for me, it's just this is the Panthers are sinking fast. They're going to probably pick first overall in this year's draft, and that's the quarterback that's going to have to save DJ Moore going forward. So those are some just quick reaction thoughts on the Christian McCaffrey trade. For uh, what it means for everybody. The rest of the show, we cut out any other references that we made to Christian McCaffrey with the Panthers or, or him getting traded or anything like that. So, um, if those conversations feel lighter, it's because we did have to make some edits there. So, on to the rest of the show. Good luck in week seven.
0: Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody.
2: We better be in Florida. It better be sunny and there better be some sort of fruity drink involved.
0: With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so... (laughs) Thank you. Someone clipped that. You can get on a podcast, you can get online, you can argue with the clouds, you can argue with the the Russian bots. Don't care.
1: It's Friday, October 21st, week 7 in the NFL. Oh, it's setting up to be a weird one. We got some strange games, we got some good games. It's gonna be fun, and so I'm very glad to welcome to the show Andy Behrens and... Dalton Del Don riding along this magical journey with me as we preview the Sunday and Monday games boys how we doing Andy uh, you're looking professional as hell what's going on man
2: (laughs) I can't tell you how excited I am to be on with Dalton it's been a while um, since I've well okay he was on fantasy football live that was fun and all um, but it's been a while since I've I've had podcast exposure to Dalton Del Don. I've caught some of the hot takes secondhand, but I'm I'm just happy to be here uh, experiencing them immediately as they happen.
0: Yeah, normally we take shots at each other, passive aggressively, through Harmon, and now we get to do it directly. And I'm absolutely looking forward to no it. No more as metal, well, man. I'm looking forward yeah, to Yeah,
1: that's the point of uh, that's sneakily the point of having two folks back on the preview show <laughs> is that there was so much in the preseason, and the early season, where was, you know Andy's like Dalton, you know, ranking this guy there, and you know, uh, Dalton taking shots at Andy for liking players above the age of 25, and I was like, you know what? Now that I've fostered enough resentment. Between everybody on the staff, let's bring everybody <laughs> back in the same room. That's how you do it. That's how you solve problems. This is going to be, like I said, a strange week, guys. We have the Bills, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Eagles on by this week. So, if your fantasy team you know, has a lot of folks on by this week and you're looking at maybe taking an L, congratulations. You drafted a really good team. But we are still going to help you through the rest of the slate here. And let's start in the one place where we have to start. Chiefs at 49ers over under a 48-and-a-half. Andy literally wrote on the outline, like, I wish to yield my time to Dalton. Uh, So so, so Dalton, let's get it started here. How are we feeling
0: about our 49ers this week? Yeah, just because I claimed that Jimmy G was going to be a top 10 fantasy QB this week over guys like Brady and Rodgers, who look totally broken. He asked, why uh, is it not just going to be his normal you know, ho-hum fantasy game. And I'll, and I'll answer Andy succinctly with the opponent here, just facing the Chiefs. Last week, we saw Jimmy G finish as actually a top 10 fantasy QB when they fell behind. Game script's just going to be different here, and they're just going to be forced to throw more than usual. It's also a rarity that the Niners have Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle healthy together at the mm-hmm. same time. Kansas City has has produced the highest pass rate against in the NFL this season and allowed the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. This is one of the highest over-unders of the week. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm not being a homer here. I typically do not rank Jimmy G as a top 15 option or even top 20. But this week, especially given the buys, four of the top five fantasy scorers are on by this week. Um, I have Jimmy G as a top 10 fantasy QB. I
2: will I will just say that we are we are only a couple days past. We just passed the two-year anniversary of the last game in which Jimmy Garoppolo threw more than two touchdown passes <laughs> uh, in in twenty-eight games over the last three seasons, he has exactly one three touchdown game. So I don't like sometimes a 250-yard, two touchdown game will sneak into the top 10, top 12, right? It happens. Yeah, I you're right to point out that there are some, you know, there's some heavy hitters on by this week. He's just I see Jimmy's name in all these Twitter questions and I can, I can almost never pull the trigger. Or if I do, it's with a caveat about how, listen, if I think I'm like a 15 point favorite, a 20 point favorite, and I just need 14 points from my quarterback. um, Sure. Jimmy's Jimmy's fine. But if I, you know, if I think it's competitive, if I think I'm an underdog, I'm I, I I want somebody with a ceiling higher than Garoppolo's, um, and that's obviously that is disrespectful to Jimmy Garoppolo. But I but I don't actually mean it. Like I just think this is what he is. Um, he's a, he's a guy where the ceiling and floor are very close. I think there's almost no chance that he gives us a dud. But I think there's almost no chance that he gives us like three ten and three touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I think that's all fair. Andy Dalton and I did talk yesterday on the StatNerd podcast. My theory, and maybe it's like wish casting. Is that if the defense does continue to fall apart, you know, with injuries and you know, missing Nick Bose, all these other guys on that side of the ball, that we might see the 49ers sort of forced out of their shell. And again, I might just be personally wish casting that because like you watch Brandon Ayuk right now on tape and he is open like on every single play. He he's, yeah. he he has Kyle Shanahan's even said this, he has taken the leap as an individual, even if it doesn't show up in the in the stats. I think he said actually, you know, sort of paraphrasing here was like, I know that's the the perception. And I said, Oh. Per- perception, Kyle. Perception. Uh, huh. I like that. Um, but yeah, no. So I think I think Brandon Ayuk is you know that good right now. Debo's that good. Kills that good. So I don't know. There could be a chance that we see a bit more of an evolved version of Jimmy. But again, that might just be personal wish casting here.
0: Just to hammer home on past plays against the Chiefs this year, sixty six percent of the time they've been pass plays opposing offenses. To compare that to Andy's Bears, forty six percent. I mean, they lead the league in pass rate against is all I'm saying. They're going to force the 49ers to throw their underdogs home underdogs. I just think Jimmy's game script's going to be very different than usual. Fair enough. Um, anything on the
1: Chiefs side of this Dalton? Like uh, I do kind of feel like we we spent you and I spent a lot of time talking about this yesterday, but I feel like the running backs are almost sort of unplayable because they're they're splitting that thing up three ways. And the receivers, obviously, you know, Juju comes off a big game last week. I'm not sure how sustainable that is but the usage has sort of kind of been there for him and i know andy and i were big juju bros this offseason
0: Niners allowed the second fewest fantasy points to running backs, just sixty-seven uh, rushing yards on twenty-two attempts. Uh, but Ceh continuously is ranked as like a borderline top twenty guy on Fantasy Pros ECR. His workload's just not there. He benefited from a bunch of touchdowns early. I mean, you can use him as a flex because running backs, you know, and their buys and whatnot. But I would not expect a you know a, a great game from Ceh here. And the receivers are a crapshoot. Yeah, you guys, you guys, I know you guys are both juju truthers, so I'm not here to to, to put any hate that way. <laughs> I'm not a, I am not a juju truther let's be clear about that
1: I, this is the first this is the first time in human history I was in on juju this year and it unfortunately it looks like
0: one of the I tried one, to point out that I, I came across this website reception I, perception that hated him against this like ranked him last I, I tried to point it out to you but yeah.
1: I know tried to save me from myself Andy he he did he did try to do that
0: I've, I feel like even despite
2: last week I'm I'm kind of taking an L on Juju, right? Like he's the part of the part of my enthusiasm for him is that I thought he might be used a little bit differently than, than we were seeing certainly in the, in the later years in Pittsburgh. And it just hasn't happened. Like he entered last week with a, with an average depth of target of like six yards, right? Like MVS, um, there's still going to be an MVS week. I don't know when it's coming, but it's definitely still going to happen because the, the targets had been basically equal between him and Juju and he was getting targeted like 12, 13 yards downfield, right? right like eventually MVS isn't going to have like crushing drops and he's going to he's going to haul some of these balls in and there's going to be a spike week at some point
0: you're ne- you'll never see it coming can I just jump yeah. in and take the all myself for Travis Travis Kelsey too fading him. I mean what a mistake that was. If you're going to be that way Andy, I got to I got to accept some <laughs> responsibility too here because I faded Kelsey and the the guy caught another touchdown I think. since so uh before we finish this game, big big is health. The 49ers Trent Williams and Trent Nick Williams, Bosa yeah. are both uh you know game time decisions. So that is absolutely massive uh, to go along with a lot of uh you know secondary players along the defense too. But um but yeah, this should and, be a, And Williams a, a practicing good early in the week, right? Yep, he did return. Yeah, it looks like he's going to try to give it a go. But uh, yeah, this is, you know, a Super Bowl rematch Forced Shanahan to watch that uh, Super Bowl footage for the first time in a while. But yeah, it's going to bring up some some bad memories for Niners fans.
1: Mm, that's absolutely hey, that That was the year I was a Niners fan. So yeah, it was a it was a bad year for <laughs> both of us, Dalton. I have since moved on to I don't even know what I'm doing now. I guess I'm back in the Chargers since, uh you know, we've got Eckler on the show this year. That is the next game here. Good timing. Great hosting by me. Seahawks at Chargers. Chargers are five and a half point favorites. We got an over under of 50 on this one. Andy, Keenan Allen maybe returns this week. Not a hundred percent sure though. He sounds like he might kick it off uh, till after the week eight bye.
2: Yeah, um, that would be exciting. Keenan Allen was at least a limited participant in practice uh, early in the week, although we'd seen that before and he didn't return. So I'm not going to, you know, like I, I felt bullish enough on him that in the in the the rosters where I've got Keenan Allen, I've actually instead of like keeping him on the bench early in the week, I actually put him into a wide receiver spot somewhat, hopefully, optimistically. So it'd be great to see him return. Uh, the other the other point I want to make about this game is that I feel there's a very strong possibility that the overall RB one for the week comes out of this game. I don't know if it's going to be Eckler or Walker. But this is a great this is a blow up spot for both of them. Obviously, I don't need to convince people that the Seahawks defense has been atrocious, like hilariously bad. So Eckler can certainly blow up again here. He's on, he's a great player who's like on a heater right now. He could definitely blow up. And then and then Walker's just been spectacular. Um, something like is it one hundred and eighty five rushing yards over his last two games? Tons of yards after contact highlight plays. Um, and the, the Chargers defense has given up over five yards per carry, about one hundred and twenty five rushing yards per week. So it's a great spot for both of them.
1: Ken Ken Walker, man. Uh, just to put put a bow on that point, like I had somebody ask me this morning in in my Discord, like, should I trade Ken Walker and Alec Pierce for Chris Godwin because they're kind of hurting at a, in a in a start four wide receiver league, and and they're loaded at running back. It's like, hey, friend, I don't think you need to be doing the throw in on the other side. Like you've got the mo- you have the most valuable piece in the trade there, and it's Ken Walker, and I think we need to yep. adjust our brains, Dalton, to to sort of viewing Ken Walker in that way. He is a locked in RB one at this point.
0: And it's such a great matchup this week. The Chargers entered last week, allowing the most fantasy points to running backs before facing a Denver rush offense. It's the worst in the league. The Chargers are also leading the league in pace and neutral situations. This matchup is the highest over under of the week. So yeah, I have, Ken Walker is like, I think my eighth running back could be even higher. He'll be, he'll finish as a top five guy. Very, very possibly this week. Love him and moving forward and the receivers. My note I picked was a uh, Metcalf and Lockett bounce back weeks. Um JC Jackson was benched last week. This, like I said, going to be a fast paced game with the highest over under of the week. So just start all your dudes in this one, but yeah, yeah. nothing bad to say here about Kenneth Walker. I'm just so frustrated and jealous i don't have him on more teams because he's the proverbial league winner it just looks so obvious that he's he looks like he's going to be the league winner uh that you got in the mid to late rounds of your draft i think i said this with andy on the monday
1: show dalton that there is like a you know a universe where or a multiverse where rashad penny never gets hurt and these two are just mired in this like back and forth committee and you know you you end up sitting there like you know, three weeks from now, folks are tweeting at us like, when can I drop Ken Walker? This guy's doing nothing <laughs> for me. By weeks are over, whatever. And it's like that the you know, one thing that is a guarantee in fantasy football in the NFL is chaos. And like you have to set your rosters up to, to, to try to benefit from chaos because there's no other like universal truth. There's no like. Oh, you know, Russian quarterbacks. Yeah, sure, sort of. But then Marcus Mariota could be a Russian quarterback who's not useful in fantasy football whatsoever. You know, uh, break. You know, trust talent at wide receiver. Sure, that works for Devontae Smith. It's not working for Elijah Moore. So, um, you know, it just there, there are no universal truths other than chaos will reign supreme. And a guy like Ken Walker has allowed you to benefit. I I agree, Dalton. Just everybody in this game. Throw him in. Even if your feelings are hurt from another Mike Williams slow game, get over yourself and, and throw him <laughs> back in your lineup here in this spot. This is a good bounce back week for Mike Williams. All right, let's move on to Browns at Ravens here. Forty five and a half over under uh, Ravens are six and a half point favorites. Dalton, the, the big talking point obviously will be the Ravens backfield in this game.
0: Yeah, Kenyon Drake came out of nowhere to be a top 10 fantasy back last week. What's J.K. Dobbins in status? Is Gus Edwards returning? Um, I agree with Andy's going to say. Rashad Bateman's health, too, is, is massive uh, in this game. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not excited to start any Ravens running back, but it is a situation that you, uh, you need to monitor. Um, only the Lions who by the way have allowed the most points still I believe despite having a bye only the lions <laughs> yeah. have a, have allowed more EPA per play on defense than these browns so I mean it's a it's a good setup for for baltimore but you know who is it going to be in that backfield
2: Yeah the uh the browns just gave up against uh, against New England basically a week ago um I think Kenyon Drake is the answer, at least for a week in this backfield. I mean, it was a, like it was a, just a ghastly waiver week. Right. Um, you you probably placed your biggest bids on Kenyon Drake and Latavius Murray like it was, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, 2017 or something. Right. Like a crazy waiver week. Um, but, I, I, you know, uh, J.K. Dobbins was was sidelined with knee issues a week ago. Drake has been playing a ton. I don't even I don't even know that it was such great tape last week right um the 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 big run was on a play where he was largely untouched and he was kind of lumbering like Kenyon drake does i don't know it wasn't it wasn't a particularly impressive game and yet i, I think the workload is going to tilt his way so i think at least for a week in a super favorable matchup and how disappointing has the browns defense been um i i think Kenyon drake is probably the play here as for as for bateman i'm like i'm interested i'm a big bateman apologist i I suppose the jury is still out on exactly how good a receiver he is, whether he's like merely a good supporting receiver or if he's if he can ever be something more. But this is a team that that played DeMarcus Robinson 45 snaps last week and gave him five targets and is running him out there all the time. And so I think Rashad Bateman is a big upgrade from him um and that matters because lamar has simply not been like lamar is now this is two weeks in a row where he's completed less than 60 percent of his throws right which is not much of a a mark to to meet um so it's been it's been rough for him as a passer these last couple weeks and i think bateman helps a lot there
1: i mean i'm a bateman apologist and probably maybe even to a greater degree than than andy is so take what i'm about to say with maybe a grain of salt, but I think I'm right. So whatever. Um, like this idea that Rashad Bateman's been disappointing this year, I think is a little silly. I I know that the like routes per drop back stuff was a little lower to start the year. And I feel like almost like that's getting more attention than the actual results of the game, which he had a huge touchdown in week one when they didn't really have to do much to beat the, the Joe Flacco led jets. He was awesome in week 2 against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you that was like an alpha receiver performance which you got out of Rashad Bateman in that game. And then he had like a two catch game against the was at the Patriots in week 3 and then he got hurt in week 4. So like that that's the wide receiver position, but you're right Andy, he's regardless of I think he's like a true alpha receiver and ready to be that guy. But even if you don't think that these were, like, goofball receivers. I mean, DeMarcus Robinson, yeah. bro, he couldn't even make the Raiders roster. And, like, they're throwing out Matt Collins as their second outside <laughs> receiver. Okay? So that's the state of the the union with the uh, Baltimore Ravens receivers. So, yeah, they're, they've got some goofballs out there. And I think Bateman's going to make a, a big difference. Like, I know it's kind of – I always try to be conservative with guys coming off injuries and especially something as, you know, serious as what Bateman was dealing with the last couple weeks. But I, I struggle to see how he doesn't, like, moonwalk into uh, a big target share at least this week.
2: Yeah, for a team that decided it had to go sign Deshaun Jackson, right? Like like they're yeah, they're really, in the mer- they're in the star receiver. Yeah.
1: Uh anything on the Browns, either one of you guys jump, jump in here because I mean, I do feel like they're kind of a straightforward team like you play Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt's like a little dicier than we thought and then it's like Njoku,
0: Amari Cooper and 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 log out. Yep. I believe Njoku yeah. has the most receiving yards of all tight ends over the last month. Um. So yeah, he's absolute locked in in your starting lineups, and, and and I'm just curious if Amari Cooper keeps his crazy home road splits up in this game because the Cle- Cleveland's going to be forced to pass, uh, whether they like it or not. Here,
1: yeah, hundred uh, percent. Dalton is like got, dialed in on the on the home road splits for Amari Cooper because he is. So, <laughs> it's so dramatic with Cooper, which I I guess he like I said to you yesterday, Dalton and Andy like he needs to just sleep in his own bed. Like maybe he, he should travel <laughs> to maybe that's what it is. Right. Cause it's not like the dome stuff like Dalton pointed out. He just needs to, he needs his own house. He needs his own skincare routine at his house the morning of. Okay. So like he needs to just like private jet that guy to the game, but he needs to sleep in his own bed whatever you have to do. Cleveland. That That's what you got to do. Um, all right. Let's move on here. Falcons at Bengals. Bengals are six and a half point favorites, uh, 47 and a half over under Andy, have the Bengals fixed their passing offense?
2: I don't know that they've fixed everything, but obviously Burrow coming off a great game, 300 yards, three touchdowns, uh blow-up game for Jamar Chase. T. Higgins uh, got a little bit quiet, but he saw nine targets, um, so the usage was exactly where you'd like to see it for T. Higgins. Um, so I think they've largely fixed things. Joe Mixon kind of kinda quiet. They weren't like blow-up games or anything like that, but the last two games for Joe Mixon have been basically his most efficient of the season. And he was just slamming into walls uh, for the, you know, for the opening like four games of the of the year. So uh, these last couple weeks have been really nice to see for Mixon. So things have definitely been trending up for Cincinnati. And now they get a a very generous pass defense. Um, Atlanta is ranked next to last in the league in terms of passing yards allowed. They've given up 10 passing touchdowns. Be pretty surprised if uh, if Burrow falls outside the top eight fantasy quarterbacks this week. I think there's definitely a path for him to finish as number one, number two, something like that. It's just a it's just a really good spot.
0: Yeah, in hindsight, last week, Chase was the most obvious blow-up spot of the season with Lattimore out and a banged-up Higgins and kind of a homecoming for him. Uh, one thing to note that was really interesting, Joe Burrow ran every single play out of shotgun except yep. the kneel down last week. So I'm real curious how they implement offense uh, this week. But my thing to pay attention to is what happens when the Falcons are forced to throw. Over the last month, Marcus Mariota has averaged 11.8 completions on fewer than 20 attempts and four games. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. And despite that, he has been a top 15 fantasy QB this year ahead of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. They're dogs this week. Cincinnati is top 10 in pass rate against. So let's see when Mariota has to throw. And if he continues to, to do the designed runs and there's a healthy Pitts and Drake London. So let, let's see what happens here. Kyle
2: Pitts coming off a game in which he just exploded for three catches and 19 yards. Yeah, wow. Okay, uh,
0: I know. I know. Uh, oh, don't <laughs> get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm off the, the the back in the pit stuff. But um, it'll be interesting if they are forced to throw the football more than 25 times yeah. on, on the Sunday. You can't force Arthur Arthur Smith
1: to do a damn thing he doesn't want to do. OK, like they'll they'll be trailing two scores and yeah. they'll still be running the football. But yeah. um, I I do think this is an interesting bounce back spot for Drake London, who, you know, has been a little quiet lately. But I, I, to your point, Dalton, they should actually be forced to throw. And, you know, Drake London makes like at least two plays per week. that is just like, OK, that's star level stuff. And we obviously saw him in negative game scripts to start the year. You know, really put up some big games against the Rams when they were trailing in that one. Um, obviously, in in uh, week one, it was a little closer than than we expected with the New Orleans Saints. But nevertheless, like, yeah, I, I really like Drake London in this spot. You know, is kind of like a wide receiver three flex type of play. So good points all around, boys. And, and T Higgins too, by the way. Like, I think we got through the worst of it. You know, we we didn't yeah. get like a mid game aggravation anything like that. So I'm kind of right back to normal expectations um, with T Higgins, which Dalton and I have talked about. When these two guys are healthy, like the gap should be pretty close between Higgins uh, and chase going forward uh so let's move on to our next game here afc south colts at titans 42 and a half over under titans are two and a half favorites all right andy um tennessee pretty bad pass defense uh are we didn't did the colts fix their passing offense with matt ryan this is another thing that i'm like wish casting what we saw last week to actually be the truth going forward
2: yeah, so 58 pass attempts from Matt Ryan a week ago and and of course that can be partially explained by the the absence of Jonathan Taylor, the absence of Naheem Hines. They've averaged like 70 plays per game over their over their last 3. Again, 58 pass attempts. Um, Ryan on the season is averaging just over 42 pass attempts per game, so it's not like that was just an isolated, you know, blip within the season. And then the the matchup seems about as friendly as it gets because Tennessee ranks d- dead last in the league in everything we really care about in terms of pass defense, right? Uh, yards per attempt, yards per game, passing touchdowns allowed. Like they've still allowed the most passing touchdowns, even though they've had their bye, right? So it's been it's been a very generous defense. But this is also one of those situations where I can imagine being in a situation where you're streaming both Matt Ryan out of out of desperation right because he's going to put the ball in the air presumably a whole bunch he's he's the guy who gets to throw to Michael Pittman and all that and you you might be you might be streaming the Tennessee defense too because we have this chance that like if Matt Ryan puts the ball in the air 45 times you're definitely getting a couple picks right you've got a you've got an opportunity at a pick six there and really when we're st- when we're making decisions about like defenses to stream We're just looking for passing opportunities, right? We're just looking for pass attempts. So I I can imagine, in fact, I think I'm doing this on at least one team, um, choosing to stream both Matt
0: Ryan and the defense that he faces. Yeah. I want to add to what Andy's saying about this Colt situation. Um, this is from Pat Thorman's uh, snaps and pace column. The Colts used their mini buy to just supercharge their offense. They deployed the third highest no, ru- no huddle rate of any game last, se- last week, and they averaged a whopping 14 seconds left on the play clock. That was the second highest of any game. So they just totally changed their offense around and went totally pass happy, and this week. They face a Tennessee Titans defense that has the highest pass rate against them over the last three weeks. So, I mean, it's just like looks like it could be an eruption spot. But then what if Jonathan Taylor returns? Um, and I haven't even added in the fact that Deion Jackson was the number one fantasy back off the street last week. And, and and he left the fourth quarter with an injury, but he's back healthy. He popped off the screen. He looked really good. He secured all 10 targets in this pass-happy attack. I mean, he was targeted more than Taylor ever has in any single game, uh, I believe. neam Hines, though, has returned to a full practice as well. So, so many question marks in the backfield of, of, in, of Indy, and one could easily see Taylor's return leading to a, a flip back to, 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 to not being so pass-happy. So, a lot to look forward to here. Here and uh, could go many different ways, but I'm, I'm with Andy here. There's definitely a path where both both quarterbacks are like top seven finishers this week.
1: Yeah, the, I love the notes that you had there. I got you had them pulled up as well from Pat Thorman uh, on the pace stuff like that. And there there's two ways you can look at it, Dalton, because you mentioned the Jonathan Taylor part of this. Like, I think Jonathan Taylor can fit into this offense, but like them doing this, but we have no idea. Like it might be just a week, a one week blip on the radar, but I'll mention that Naheem Hines quote uh, again that I've talked about on the the podcast a couple times where he talked early in the season about the early season for us is always like kind of a discovery phase. It's almost a little frustrating because we have to break in a new quarterback every year. Like if this is the best way to get the best out of Matt Ryan, like I think they kind of have to do that going forward. And I mean, my God, they have the skill position players to do it. Also, Michael Pittman, 16 targets last week, they just hammered. Hammered the Jaguars with crossing routes. And it was like to the point that one of them, one of the Jaguars defenders, I think, has even said uh, from John Shipley. I was reading this, like, you know, we had no idea we were just going to come out and throw crossing routes. And this is something we should have j- adjusted to like during the game. Like, yeah, I w- I would say so because. <laughs> That really is the thing with Michael Pittman is he can be that almost like Keenan Allen slashing type receiver, but he does have the ability to go up and get it down the field. And then they know they have a go down and get it, go up and get it down the field guy. And Alec Pearson, uh, Andy Paris Campbell is also a human being that's still um, out there uh, as well. (laughs) Commanding double
0: digit targets, commanding double digit targets
1: commanding falling backwards into whatever one one way or another or other, but yeah. yeah one or the other but yeah i think pierce is playable in this game michael Pittman, i'm juicing the expectations back up and then on the Titans side <laughs> i mean the titans are the, we- the weirdest pass. they might they are up there as one of the weirdest passing offenses in the entire nfl but um i just hope we continue to see derrick henry's big receiving workload
2: uh, yeah, Paris Campbell uh, rocket emoji uh, stock up emoji uh, just <laughs> oh absolutely this exploding. time to work <laughs> absolutely exploding a week ago I just wanted to, to underscore Dalton's point about Deion Jackson like it there, on almost any other team Deion Jackson would have earned uh, a, a bunch of playing time moving forward because he has been great um, he was he was caught everything a week ago and he was peppered with targets um, two weeks ago in an otherwise completely dreadful thursday night game he he was a legit bright spot like he you know he he really did jump off the screen so i i don't expect like especially with jonathan taylor being the the number one there there's there's really no way that Deion jackson eats into jonathan taylor's workload but i think at the very least he's emerged as like a maybe he's one of those running backs that you actually do have to stash if you've got taylor I think
1: you I think you should stash him. Like you should leave it. He's up there with like the Pachecos, the Rashad Whites. Like if, if there is an injury, yeah. you're gonna be you're gonna be starting this guy every single week. Um the last point in this game. If this truly is a um true, you know, identity, like makeshift, like that was the they, the reason they did it was like, okay, this is what's best for the team, not just because Jonathan Taylor's hurt, like that's why we went with this game plan. The stones on Frank Reich. To watch what the what Matt Ryan and that offensive line put out on De- in Denver on the Thursday night football game prior to this, and be like, you know what we need to do? We need to go no huddle, and we need to just play fast. <laughs> and we yeah, need to he deserves the-
0: props. You're right. Yeah. You're right. That did come out of nowhere. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: It was definitely out of uh, nowhere. So um, let's move on to another game. Before we move on in this next game, I do want to note, I just saw that uh, JK Dobbins, who we talked about earlier, did not practice here on Thursday. Neither did Mandrews, but I'm not as concerned about that one. Uh, you know, that would obviously really suck if they don't have Mark Andrews. But yeah, JK Dobbins not practicing on Thursday, so leads more to our Kenyan Drake points from And as someone And someone someone evaded
0: Derek. Derek Henry, sorry to cut you off. I have him ranked number two this week, even in a tougher matchup coming out of the bye, man. The targets, and he just looks so good, and he gets better second half of years, man. I mean, he's just he's the big dog another guy i regret fading one of the old the veterans him and kelsey proving me wrong
1: <laughs> well dalton you know there are players over the age of 27 that are allowed to be good <laughs> in the nfl uh, all right next game up here me. yeah much sh- to your chagrin next game up here lions at cowboys cowboys are seven point favorites um andy you know, let's let's talk about the cowboys here i know we've got a lot of detroit notes we can get to but let's start us off with the dallas here
2: uh, yeah Dallas is a uh Dallas is like a, a curiously run committed team right maybe not curiously they spend all that money on on Zeke uh, I believe they're tenth in the league in in rush attempts per game and Detroit has given up five and a half yards per carry almost 170 rushing yards per game that is last in the NFL obviously you know you and I have talked about it on uh several different podcasts but Elliot has been has been so, so maligned this year right like so disrespected nobody wants to see anymore Zeke Elliot I get it you're over it he's been fine like I, I will I will just repeat again he's been totally fine like it's it's okay to really like the splash plays that you get from Tony Pollard but Zeke Elliot has been a really good player like he's probably a buy low ahead of this game because everybody seems disgusted with him. Everybody seems over him and it is just a total blow up spot. Um, He's still somebody that they, they trot out onto the field when they get inside the 10 yard line, inside the five yard line, like his touchdown potential is there any week, even in a bad matchup. He is not, you know, he's not really past his expiration date. He's been, he's been good between the tackles. He's coming off a very good game. Like, I think there's a pretty strong possibility that he finishes as a. I I take no pleasure in saying it, but I think there's a strong possibility that he finishes like a top five, top eight running back this week.
1: I love that call about buying him low here because they have been such a run committed team. And yeah, you just look at like, these guys can both be good together, Zeke Elliott and Tony yes. Pollard. For one, like we it's just so clear cut that Zeke is a better pass protector, like they trust him as a grinder there. And when you look at just the numbers on these guys, you know, from a rushing success rate standpoint, Tony Pollard 40%, Zeke Elliott 37%. Like it's it's not that far. The big plays, right? Like runs of 10 plus yards, Tony Pollard almost doubles up Zeke there. But when you look at runs of just 5 plus yards, Zeke 42.6% of his carries have gone for 5 plus yards, Tony Pollard 32.7%. Mm. So it's like Tony Pollard is the home run hitter here. Zeke is the grinder. And I almost think there's sort of a similar situation. I I saw Jay Moyer say this on Twitter that there might be a similar situation developing with the Jaguars backs that like the rushing metrics look better on Travis Etienne because he gets like different type of carries. but. We'll we'll put that uh, aside for a second here. I love your note about Zeke, uh, and I agree that he could like the whole appeal with Zeke is he's he's got to score touchdowns. He'll to score more touchdowns with Dak Prescott, and not Cooper Rush back there. Yes. Um, Dalton, you though want to talk about uh, the passing game here and a guy who is firmly still in his prime at at under twenty seven years
0: old. <laughs> I will um, Michael Gallup that is yes. I won't argue with the Zeke take in this matchup. I have him as a top twenty fantasy back. Um, I will push back and say that they were so. Dallas has been running so heavily because they were hiding Cooper Rush, who'd been benefiting from Mm -hmm. positive game scripts in every game except for the Eagles matchup. And it might be the same here, and especially, admittedly, with Dak Prescott returning. I mean, maybe they they don't want him to suddenly go nuts passing the ball. Like, I get that. But Gallup's targets have increased each game since he's returned. He had a team high in air yards last week. Lions ranked dead last in DVOA against the pass. They're allowing the most EPA per pass, fifth most fantasy points to outside receivers over the last month. So, indoors... It should be a fast-paced game, too. It could be a lot of points here. Um, I, I like the fact that De- uh, Detroit's offense maybe could be a little plucky against a tough defense coming off a bye. So I have Gallup. I used him in my our bold predictions uh, piece this week, saying Gallup will be a top-10 fantasy. Why not this week? I mean, uh, Dalton Schultz returned to practice, but he's been banged up, can't finish a game. And maybe CeeDee Lamb's hip is a real thing. He keeps missing practice late in the week, so he's not 100%. So that's my my bold call the week Oh, Gallup. It's Gallup's eruption week.
1: I like that call a lot. Um I'm i am a huge Michael Gallup fan, have been for a long time. And I think like all the opportunity is there for him, and this is a great spot to capitalize it against uh Detroit. On the Lions side of this, guys, they should be healthier, right? Like Dalton, you and I talked about Amon Ross St. Brown yesterday. Andy, um, are we are we just like right back up to typical old top five, top ten receiver for Amon Ross St. Brown? Uh and same question there on DeAndre Swift as well.
2: Yeah. Um Amon Ross St. Brown for me is a is just going to be parked in the in the top ten receivers because the volume is always there, um, the the floor is so high, and and then he's got a ceiling too, right? Um, like the streak of games that he put together uh, w- was just phenomenal. So I, even in a difficult matchup like this. I, there, there's just no way I could sit him. I mean, I, I suppose I could sit him if I'm in like a six-team league and I've got incredible options, but it's, it's really hard to wrap your head around the idea of ever sitting Amon Ross, St. Brown. I, I think Jared Goff is tough this week because um, obviously Dallas's defense is entirely legit um park parsons is phenomenal um you know D- digs is a problem like they're just they're they're good but but Goff has been super productive in situations occasionally when none of his receivers are there right like we saw him blow up in the in the saints game and he's one of the more appealing you know potential you know bye week placeholder options um so he's tough for me i i think i do have him behind like jimmy garoppolo which is a which is a meaningful line for me um but uh there are leagues where I would still consider Jared Goff, even in a tough matchup.
1: Andy, Treviso Babes related question. My my mom has I'm on Ross St. Brown on her team, and and she's got like, because you know, she's hawked the waiver wire in, in a particularly strange uh league over there. She's got Keenan Allen, she's got Michael Pittman, she's got Mike Evans, she's got Chris Olave, I'm on Ross St. <laughs> Brown. That might be a situation where Brandon Cooks as well, but whatever. Uh, Brandon Cooks is like a distant, distant uh, option there. I feel like she might be. Oh, she's got, she's got a tough, a tough spot there with old uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I think she probably got, we're probably gonna end up playing uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, it's uh, close though. Like there. that's
2: those are yeah. the circumstances where I might even consent. Like, are, is trading happening in the Treviso babes League? Does that happen at all, or do they just we got we got we gotta, we gotta do something.
1: No, yeah, I mean, you just drop your good players. You don't even need to trade them. But
2: uh, we we're gonna
1: look around uh, on the trade market this week. We got to get rid of some of these wide receivers. I mean, somebody somebody has to somebody's gotta need a need a receiver there in that league. You know, they've been dropping all of them. So uh, we'll we'll take a look. By the way, I did get an answer, Andy. Sorry. Now we're just on the Treviso babes thing. I got an answer from Tammy. My mom sent me a video of Tammy explaining herself on the Antonio Brown ad. She totally passed the buck to her friend, who his name now I forget. You know that she said she was distracting her while she was making her waiver ads. And so um, no accountability in the Treviso Babes League either for these outrageous additions and drops. Uh, we're, we've got no accountability from these old ladies here. So a uh, tough scene there. They're on, they're on my ass about getting on the podcast with you, Andy. So we, we, I don't know how long gotta I can happen. hold them off, but we'll, we'll figure it out. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll preview the rest of the week seven games. Searching for NBA playoff coverage. We've got you. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. And we're back. We got Packers, four and a half point favorites in Washington to face the Commanders, 41 and a half over under <laughs> Dalton. I mean, go, go ahead, man. Go ahead on, on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, put a fork in him. No, oh,
0: man, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you wrote it on the outline. I just wanted you to just say I did. it. I the outline. Uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I wanted an four. emphatic yeah, form, yeah, you know. yeah, 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 More of a question mark, but uh, the dude ranks 23rd in EPA per drop back, He's already taken half as many sacks as he did all of last season, missing Devontae Adams. Clearly, Washington ranks top three in pressure rate. This thumb injury appears to be a real thing. This is going to be a slow-paced game. Can the commanders even score score? Score with your guy, Heineke. I mean, it should be Sam Howell. Um, Washington's the fourth lowest pass rate against over the last three weeks. Take the points and and bench Aaron Rodgers is how it looks to me.
2: I want to, again, yield the floor to Harmon um, to address the your guy, Heineke comment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) ODU's finest, baby.
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah. Uh, Heineke back back in our fantasy lives. That's uh, that's kind of fun. Doesn't doesn't necessarily push the ball downfield particularly well, um, although I was just reading I was just reading an article about uh, how Taylor Heineke thinks he's changed his mechanics and found additional arm strength, which is exciting if true, (laughs) um, but not something that I would that I would (laughs) bank on. Um, could be good for Terry McLaurin. I don't know. I'm not, again, not banking on it. Uh, Jahan Dotson might come back in this game. So we might again get, you know, Samuel uh, McLaurin and Dotson all in the field at the same time. I, I don't, I don't think there's a, obviously Heineke and Wentz get it done in different ways. Um, and they are, they are bad in different ways. Uh, but I think both of them are capable of supporting at at least one or two interesting fantasy commodities at receiver in a given week. I am, I am interested to see if the, if the targets continue for Curtis Samuel, we talked about it on the waiver show. Like he's led that team in targets every game this season. Um, at some point that streak has to break. Maybe it'll be the week after he's coming off, you know, a couple of brutal drops. We'll see. Um, but yeah, woo. Hi,
1: yeah, Jahan Dotson looks like he had a um, aggravation in practice uh, this week too. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so that stinks. Like he might uh, the the hamstring injury. He missed a couple games with. So look, Dalton, I, you know Taylor Heineke, my guy. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, although maybe kind of at this point, I, I you know I do keep calling him ODU's finest. But uh, That's nevertheless, it. here. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, he is. Yeah, you know what? Screw it. He is kind of my guy. Um, and, and I'll say this: like I talked about this on a, on an earlier show, this uh, different show this week, like this is the sort of bargaining you have to do with yourself. Um, if you're like a Terry McLaurin fan and you're just stuck in this like bad cycle <laughs> of, of quarterbacks that like, all right, well, yeah, no, Heineke doesn't push the ball down the field. Sure. Wentz pushed the ball down the field better, but it's not as if he was targeting, you know, Terry McLaurin in the short to intermediate areas where he is so, so, so good. So like, maybe Heineke can be better for Terry McLaurin's fantasy value. And I do kind of think like, those guys have a history together. And I think the reason I told and I said this to Andy earlier in the week, I think the reason that they're going out with Heineke and not Sam Howell is like throwing a fifth round rookie out there on a veteran laden team that clearly is not trying to like think about next year. Even if you, even if the people out there think they should, it's an ultimate throw in the towel move um, for, yeah. for a veteran laden team like that. So they've won games with Heineke. They've played with Heineke before. I think that's why they're going with him and, you know, he's not like a worthless fantasy quarterback either. Like he runs a little bit. He's sort of like the the he's like Bud Light Ryan Fitzpatrick, basically, is Taylor <laughs> Heineke. Um, but just much less um much less downfield passing ability. So I kinda I kinda think like this is a good week to get back on the Terry McLaurin train. Um, although the real big matchup for Washington is Brian Robinson versus this 32nd rushing success rate defense in green Bay. Like they still have not fixed their run defense and you can disagree all you want about who's the better running back. It's pretty clear. They love Brian Robinson game. 61% of team carries last week. Like I think it's a good week to, to start Brian Robinson with potentially like a touchdown uh, chasing type of ceiling.
0: I wanted to bring up, why is Antonio Gibson's ECR the running back 35 this week on Fantasy Pros? I'm closer to dropping him in a league than I am ranking him as an yeah. RB3. That's crazy. No, Brian Robinson's backfield moving forward, it appears, for whatever reason, the coaching staff absolutely likes him far more. So start him and bench Gibson for sure. And while I completely understand why they're starting Heineke, I would just like to go on record here that I am a Sam Howell guy, and I think he's going to be good.
1: All right. Well, um... <laughs>
0: We'll we'll see. Don't we'll get see. too excited I, over that. All right, all right. Okay, you laugh. <laughs> I mean, now, we're, man. I'll
1: tell you what. We'll prob we'll probably see Sam Howell by the end of the season, even as a. I don't even a Heineke guy, or you know, I just, I mean, I've followed his career for a long time. I was there at his, I've said this before, I was there at his first um, ever action at ODU. I uh, saw saw that game. So been Heineke's been in my life for a long, long time. But I think there's a pretty decent chance, like we we probably see Sam Howell. Before, I mean, I sense. I will just
2: say to Matt's point, like you can't do that in October. Like October yeah. is a little early to go to Sam Howell.
1: Yeah, especially after Ron Rivera's dropping f bombs in the press conference, yes. you know, defending yeah. his team, it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, these guys work too hard for you people to do this, be this way about him. Oh, by the way, we're starting a fifth round rookie this, you know, next week because we're looking for the future. <laughs> Give me a break. Ron Rivera might have to like coach for his job the rest of the year. All these guys might be in a little bit of trouble. So, and uh, hopefully,
0: Chase Young gets good news on his checkup too. It'd suck if that yeah. injury is debilitating, you know, for for good, you know. So, oh, hopefully, there's yeah, good news yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and we didn't talk about the Green Bay running backs. I don't want to talk about Aaron Jones, so let's just shall we just shall we just move on, <laughs> move on without without talking about the the Packers running backs. Uh, you know what? Let's uh let's just go ahead and do it. Um, Buccaneers at Panthers. Bucks are ten and a half point favorites. Andy. <laughs> the Panthers offense bro this is this is a nightmare
2: (laughs) yeah this is an absolute nightmare um and what a what an absolute hero Christian McCaffrey was a a week ago he accounted for 158 of Carolina's 203 total yards Uh, like I I don't know I haven't done a deep dive into what the records are for like percentage of a team's total offense but Christian McCaffrey if he remains a Panther has a has a real chance uh to achieve something particularly special here as long as he he stays healthy. DJ Moore saw seven targets and finished with seven receiving yards (laughs) like nothing. Absolutely nothing went past the light of scrimmage. Um, Just just an absolute. I don't know. I I, I was going to insult it by calling it a college offense, but I can't off the top of my head think of any college offenses other than Iowa that like is is quite (laughs) this quite this poor. Um, it it was just astonishing Uh, and again, um, absolutely heroic work by Christian McCaffrey, but there's no way you can start anybody else tied to this team. And we're going to be talking about DJ Moore as a drop this
0: week, I assume. And even then, it's a horrible matchup for McCaffrey, too. Um, the Bucs have real issues on offense. I mean, Brady yeah. goes from skipping walkthrough to screaming at his offensive line. That's not an ideal look, but their defense has allowed the fewest fantasy points to running backs. And here's the key, including an NFL low 11.6 receiving yards per game to the position. Obviously, McCaffrey will, will, will blast by that number, but it's just a, t- it's a it's not a great situation, man. The lowest implied team total of the week, Carolina. As you mentioned, Andy, PJ Walker didn't even bother attempting a forward pass last week. (laughs) DJ Moore had 184% air yardage share. I mean, it's just... It's just absolutely insanity. I mean, he had 35 of Carolina's 19 total air yards. Oh, man. I mean, one of the grossest game plans I've ever witnessed uh, in professional football. So, yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay just win this game easily defensively, but I don't see them needing even Brady to do much uh, passing the ball off. But, man, that, that Tampa Bay team is real, real issues on offense. I do think like Dalton, you're right. that The bucks might not need to do much, but this
1: certainly feels total narrative based. Like feels like a Brady spite game. Like I've been frustrated and I don't know how this works with the witchcraft stuff. Like, you know, maybe that's a wrinkle that we need to consider here, but like Brady, I'm a little frustrated. Like we're coming off a loss. Like, let me just go drop an absolute brick on a on a terrible team like the Panthers and throw three touchdowns to Mike Evans so thought I can get some distance between Dalton and this uh this bet we got going on here with the Bills on the bye <laughs> week and, uh, and yeah yeah we'll see we'll see the we'll guy see. I, the I, dude is
0: the dude is getting a whole 6.4 yards per attempt on the road this season uh, he might he might <laughs> light it up
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely all right we got some dusty games up here let's go pretty quick through these Giants at Jaguars 42 over under um Andy I mentioned the backfield earlier uh, for this Jacksonville Jaguars team, what do you, how are you feeling about this group?
2: Yeah, um, the point I wanted to make, and really like, it, fe- it feels like every season we did it last year with Javante and and Melvin Gordon in Denver. There is there is a backfield that like the fantasy community tries to whittle down to one guy, mm-hmm. even when it's perfectly clear that the team is not trying to do that, right? And and you mentioned the. I mean, James Robinson and Travis Etienne are are actually like wonderfully complimentary backs, um, different styles, slightly different usage. James Robinson already a medical miracle. I, we talked about it at the time. I, I think the run that he had against uh, against the commanders, I think it was opening week. It still stands up as perhaps the run of the year like he's. He's looked really good. His numbers are totally fine for the season. And we've developed this narrative in at least in fantasy Twitter where Travis Etienne is ascending to the point that he's going to take over this backfield as if the Jaguars even want that as if most as if any team is really trying to get to a one man backfield. I don't know. I just don't see it happening. I've probably seen 100 tweets over the last week about how Travis Etienne is a buy low and when that many people are calling you a buy low, it's it's not the buy low moment, right? Like like everybody is literally saying the same thing about him. He's been very good. Um, but James Robinson is still playing a ton. Like the snaps are still basically equal. Um, they 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 were on the field uh, almost exactly the the same number of snaps a week ago. Like it's just not it's not flipping in the way that uh, uh, people are people are expecting or people are hoping there's no sign that it's happening. I just like I don't this just seems like one of these things that, that the fantasy community is trying to manifest and it's just not going to happen.
0: This seems like a good buy-low-sell-high for these teams in this uh, in this matchup. Giants coming off three straight <laughs> wins, Jacksonville three straight losses. People might just look at the records and find it curious which team's favored, but I, I think it's right. Uh, Jacksonville, I think the game script's going to benefit both running backs here. I have Robinson and Etienne as top 25 fantasy RBs this week. The Giants have allowed the second most EPA per rush, so I, I think both backs can be uh, startable this week, but you're absolutely right, Andy. Uh, Robinson is not going away no matter how much fantasy managers wish it to happen. Conversely, the Giants are going to have to pass. It's Wandell Robinson season for me. He saw a limited playing time during his return last week, but was targeted on like 38% of his routes. The Giants receiving group is obviously decimated and one of the worst in the league. I, the rookie could quickly become the team's number one, has a nice college profile, and uh, Robinson is still available in 75% of Yahoo leagues. That number is going to skyrocket after this week.
1: Yeah, hopefully Wandale gets a little more playing time. Uh, that would certainly be good. And I, I think he's a create-a-touch player, but th- this looks like an offense that will create touches for um, players. Last point in this game, Andy, who's more likely to take a snap for the New York Giants uh, at some point in their career? Kadarius Toney or <laughs> Dalton Del Yeah. <Don? laughs>
2: Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty close to equal, right? Um, slight edge
0: to Dalton, slight edge to Dalton. Slight
1: edge, yeah. Yeah.
2: If, if only
0: Dalton I wasn't he... so injury prone as him, I would be, I'd be out there. But yeah, that's, it's brutal, man. <laughs> what that guy, man, he cannot make, cannot see the field. It's frustrating. I saw Evan Silva tweet today that he's played 22%
1: of the snaps for the Giants since they drafted him. So excellent, excellent draft pick by Dave Gettleman there. <sighs> um, we'll never even know if he's good like I don't even think he's that good but we'll never even know at this point okay next game up here you know I don't even think I ever
0: told the story that I badly sprained my ankle celebrating the the Niners win over the Cowboys uh uh, in the playoffs last year when Dak you know read the clock ran out I landed on the corner of my couch and it cracked and I think I might have even broke it but I couldn't walk for like a month so point being I'm I'm pretty injury prone too so Tony's (laughs) a perfect calm
1: you just brought that up unprompted like you never had to admit that on fine on the- It <laughs> is what
0: it is. It's fine. No. It is. I'll send you guys a picture afterward too if you think I'm if I if I'm exaggerating too. It was you have it in a boot? Uh I it, yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was booted for a few weeks. Yes. Yeah. Oh,
1: no. Yeah. I mean, I also I do adult and I have a a long-term cartilage uh issue in my right knee and let's say um I'm actually I think your story might be slightly more embarrassing, but much less <laughs> nefarious than mine. And we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. So we are both too injury prone to suit up for the Giants, although they might have to call us at some point if they can't get Kadarius Tony on the field. Next game up here. Texans at Raiders. Raiders. Seven point favorites. I don't know about that. Forty. Forty five and a half point over under Dalton. Josh Jacobs, I'm not going to let Andy talk about him first. You have to talk about him first because
0: <laughs> uh, I don't want Andy over here dunking on you. I'm being way too nice to Andy here because props to him. I heard him you know, bragging about him all, all summer saying, look at these bro- broken tackles. Watch with your eyes. He's good at football. Then the dude goes out there for the first two uh, series of the Hall of Fame game with all of the backups. And it's like, I wouldn't touch that guy you know, if on a bet. Uh, Here we are, man. He's the sixth highest salary in Yahoo DFS this week. So props to you, Barons. And now this week, that gets a Texans team. It's allowed the most fantasy points to running backs. He's my RB5. Um, I mean, he's uh, he's the second highest carry share in the red zone this season. Five catches in three straight games. This guy couldn't even see it by a target a month ago. Wild how things change so quickly. Uh, Josh Jacobs, top five fantasy RB this week. Yeah, it's it's
2: crazy that there was a moment there when um, I mean, like the Zamir White, you know, uh, sell high moment was was literally the Hall of Fame game. Right. Everybody, <laughs> everybody anointed him the the lead back for the Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs is really good. <laughs> like, it's just really good. That literally the only thing he lacks is, you know, the, the sort of blazing four, three, four, four speed um, to to take a ball to the house. But like he he makes guys miss like like almost nobody in the league he's when healthy, he's really fun to watch. And he also like, he's also one of those guys, I think it was the second season played through like he limped off the field all the time, right? Like you can't tell yeah. me that that he had an ankle injury that lasted basically the entire year played through it and it, it hurt him and it hurt him in terms of efficiency. It hurt him in terms of any advanced stat. And uh, I think it really, you know, it's probably one of those things that matters a lot to a team. Like it builds equity with a team and yet it makes us turn on him. Um, but that, that guy is so good when healthy. And Dalton's right. There's a total blow up spot for him.
1: Yeah, man, I wish I had more Josh Jacobs teams, but uh, I was spooked by the Hall of Fame game. And, um, you know, in the offseason, let me foster debate between my co-hosts. Scott pulled me more on his side than Andy pulled me on his side. So next time, Andy, I'm going to listen to you. Okay.
2: Well, next time I should be a little bit more convincing, I guess. The, the thing that bothered me most actually, um, about the, you know, all the reasons not to, not to draft Josh Jacobs was that, um, Vegas might look like new England as if new England wasn't awesome for, for rushing purposes last year. Right. Like we started talking about it as if it was a terrible situation that was absolutely toxic and we had to stay away. Like, Damian Harris was great last year. Montre <laughs> <And Yeah, laughs> yeah. Stevenson was totally startable uh, throughout the second half of the season. So it wasn't we, we were comparing it to a, a rushing environment that was outstanding. And we were like, oh, no, can't can't go through that again.
1: Yeah, well, I think part of it, too, is we expected their pass offense to be a little bit better than it has been so far, Andy. But um, this is a good get right spot here against the Texans this week.
2: Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> Texans defense has allowed three different wide receiver ones this year, uh, to reach 120 receiving yards. I fully expect that for Devonte Adams in this one. I'm, I'm not going to make any promises about any other, uh, any other Raiders skill player outside of Josh Jacobs yeah. and Devonte Adams. But I, I mean, Devonte could finish as the wide receiver one this week. And I think Josh Jacobs could finish as the RB one. Those are both definitely in play.
1: And if I wanted to go full Dalton Del Don here, um, I do think there's like a a non zero percent chance Nico Collins is the best wide receiver on the Texans roster rest of oh. season. Um, I like that. He a lot. looks he looks great, and I think that um Davis Mills is getting to the point where it's like eff it Nico's down there somewhere on the contested catch game right now (laughs) um and Brandon Cooks I'm not 100% sure has looked all all that good this year but um the real thing is Damian Pierce start if you wanted to hear some Damian Pierce stuff let me just say start him okay start him with the no I want
0: to add I want to add a little more man I absolutely go the last time we saw him play football PFF recorded the most broken tackles in a game ever 17 by 17 right yeah 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 yeah. I said that Josh Jacobs was number two in red zone carry percentage Damian Pierce is number one. He has the most carries on his own team inside the red zone of any running back in football this year. It might be worth noting that the Raiders are actually allowing the fewest EPA per rush this season, but you're starting him no matter what the opponent now. Damian Pierce, the the yards will be there. Receptions, uh, they they have not been there in the passing game, but man, he's shown the skills in which they will be there in the future. So I'm all in on Damian Pierce. And yeah, Pierce and Jacobs both could be top five fantasy backs this week.
1: Yeah, I I definitely see that for all of the 500 receivers. My mom has added off the waiver wire from strange (laughs) drops in her league. Damian Pierce off of his two touchdown game against the Bears adding adding him after that game after he was dropped probably going to be the best ad of the year andy i think in that in that league uh, so how did he get wild. drafted
0: so late do you see that that video circulating the last couple weeks about uh his run and uh, did he go to florida again i don't follow college but florida, the dude yeah. the, the dude's helmet like came off of the 10 yard line and he still just beasted three other guys after and it's like nfl gms are like nah we'll wait to him to go in the fourth round well
1: dan dan <laughs> mullen just like never played him and by the way dan yep. mullen no longer the head coach of florida so like maybe maybe he should have thought about that but yeah he looks incredible man so good he looks awesome yeah Yeah. all right let's move on last game here We've, we've delayed this enough before we move to the primetime games jets at broncos 38 and a half over under andy the great nathaniel hackett had a a great chat a great talk with melvin gordon and all is well now in the denver broncos uh backfield right
2: right? Yep. Great talk. Uh, Melvin going to start, uh, starting wasn't a problem a week ago, right? Like we, we place such an emphasis on who's starting and it just simply doesn't matter in the NFL, right? Because everybody can play. You can come on and off the field. It's not baseball. It's fine. Uh, whether you start or don't start. Um, I'm terrified of Melvin Gordon. I have him in a bunch of places cause he was so cheap, right? Like everybody running away from him this oh, year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and it turns out that last year they were wrong to do it <laughs> this year. Maybe they were right to do it. Um, Latavius Murray played basically the entire second half, uh, for the Broncos last week. He looked exactly like Latavius Murray, which is to say like a competent professional running back. Um, but not, not particularly spectacular. Not that Gordon has looked spectacular. I think now Gordon is so like, you know, he takes a handoff and he's got, you know, he's got both arms wrapped around the football, right? Like it is more about ball security than it is about actually finding holes, And, uh, and, and, making good decisions. Like he can't wait to get tackled and not fumble. Um, that, that has seemed what, what it was like the last couple of weeks. That's a bad headspace to be in if you're a running back, I'm sure. Um, anyway, like the lasting image of that Broncos game last week is like sad Melvin on the sideline, just looking forlorn and, you know, looking for anyone to talk to, shaking his head. Um, I, I have no answers for you in the Broncos backfield. I would stay away from it, even in a really messy bye week. I'm not at all confident that all is well and starting means anything for this team. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that we didn't see Mike Boone, that it was almost entirely the Latavius Murray show last week, but maybe this does become one of those backfields where we're just, we're just guessing all year and we're like a week behind all season.
1: I like how um Dalton's guy Jerry Judy was up in Melvin's ear during like the fourth quarter of that game yeah. like you know saying like I'm open throw me the ball I'm open and Melvin Gordon's looking at him like I'm not even on the field guy like <laughs> get get, get, get out of here at least you're on the field so anyways um great stuff great stuff great vibes in Denver but at least Russell Wilson has another subway commercial that's going viral on mm-hmm. Twitter so at least we got that um Dalton we were big Elijah Moore bros before the season. Um, he's take, As of today, he's taken a, a personal – I'm still a big Elijah Moore guy, by the way. I am going. I mean, he'll, he'll be fine at some point, some point. I I, I just know it, right? Um, he'll go full Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett was my pre-draft comparison for him, and I was like three years too early on Tyler Lockett's breakout. I'm hoping I'm three years too early on Elijah Moore's breakout as well. But um, he took a personal day, they, an excused absence after some you know, interesting tweets over the last couple of, of uh, days. I, he might not play in this game, which is a good time for him to not put up another zero catch game against Patrick Sertan and coverage there for the Denver Broncos.
0: Yeah, it's brutal. You can't start him either way. Uh, went for, The Jets went from Joe Flacco attempting the most passes like ever over the first three or four games to extremely run heavy uh, with Zach Wilson back there. This is the worst fantasy matchup of the week. Both teams are going to play hide the quarterback here. It should be slow paced, easily the lowest over under. Russell Wilson, my guy, I liked his matchup Monday night. Hyped him up on uh, Fantasy Football Live, and I wasn't just <laughs> doing that because Andy Andy gave me that name. Looking into it, it just fit, man. I thought really a, a nice yeah. game was in store, and the opposite occurred. The dude went three for 11 for 15 scoreless yards after halftime, and that included an overtime quarter. I mean, that's a disaster. Now he has this real hamstring injury. Um, it might be Brett Rippin. Uh, you can tell if you're an old or not, if you know how to pronounce that, because that's Mark Rippon's <laughs> nephew. Um, so <laughs> it's gonna be a low-scoring game with just a, a bunch of defense, and the Denver has a running back by committee, as you guys pointed out. Patrick Sertan's gonna now what shut down Garrett Wilson, apparently, if if Moore's well, probably either way, Frank if If Moore's Davis. on the field or not. Um, but um, it's a bad fantasy matchup that's going to be super low scoring first one to 20 wins I'm taking Denver here another buy low sell high I can't imagine anyone wanting to back the Broncos at this point um the public's going to be all over the Jets who definitely admittedly look good but game script has helped Zach Wilson not have to make many plays and maybe if Brett Rippon plays he run- I mean I'd say maybe just to- he'll execute the offense better where Wilson's just not taking what is given to him but then again that has me kind of saying that you want to execute Hackett's offense so I don't know if that's a great thing either so anyway this is a Stuff, but you got to like the Jets' future, what they're building there.
1: Well, Brett Ripon's at least six too, so we can see when Greg Dulcich <laughs> is wide open, <laughs> you know, over the offensive line there. So yeah, Greg Dulcich got to got to mention too, because you know we don't often get gassed up uh, about like a two catch outing, two catch debut for the for the Broncos. But uh, man, he he looked great. Uh, he the playing time was all there, so I think he's a guy to at least have on your bench at this point. And I'm just I'm just gonna spend the the rest of the day manifesting this like. This personal absence for Elijah Moore is just like they're getting set to trade him to the Packers. That's what I'll be doing for the rest of the day, in case you were curious. Um, all right. Love it. Let's move to the primetime games here. Steelers at Dolphins Sunday night football.
0: Um, Dalton, the big question here, obviously, is just like the health of these two quarterbacks. Absolutely. Yeah, both coming off concussions. Tua is really impressed when on the field. Man, Miami's gone three games losing uh QB uh mid game. Uh lot this is a great matchup for the receivers. Pitt has allowed the most fantasy points. Miami's allowed the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Tyree Kill, my number one receiver this week. Due for better touchdown look, you look at like the top ten receivers' fantasy points. He's gotten the fewest percentage from scoring by far. Um uh hopefully healthy Waddle. So, yes, if both these QBs can be healthy, although Trubisky, man, he really played well in relief surprisingly last week. But um yeah, I really liked what Pal Pickett was looking and hopefully a healthy Tua. We all want to see that. But yeah, in prime time, both these QBs coming off those injuries definitely something that will be talked about for sure.
2: Yeah, to uh to Dalton's point, uh Pittsburgh has already allowed seven wide receivers to go over 90 receiving yards this year. So it is it is just an obvious blow-up spot for both Waddle and and Hill and a and a huge spot for Tua. Like a really Kind of sneaky good chance uh, for Tua to finish as a as a top 10 fantasy QB this week, I think. And then we should also note that uh, Mike Tomlin totally lied about Jalen Warren. Uh, And I I don't you know, I I still haven't seen exactly how that went down in a press conference when he was asked about using Jalen Warren more because maybe it was just a throwaway comment where he was like, oh, yeah, we like that guy. I know that guy. Yeah, sure. He'll play. Um, he had like two carries for two yards um, and was not that Najee Harris did anything of note except score a touchdown uh, a week ago. He's still been uh, incredibly inefficient and not the same player that he was last year. But uh, there, there's no like there's no Jalen Warren surge that is obviously coming here.
0: The week before that, Najee Harris had 11 of the 12 carries and all five of the targets entering the fourth quarter of a blowout. So. He yeah. was treated like a true workhorse even before that, and yeah, yes, exactly. That quote really got people tilt, uh, you know, off off that because he, he. Najee Harris has plenty of things to to criticize and pre- plenty of worries for fantasy. Jalen Warren is just not one of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, he did play thirty percent of the snaps to about well twenty nine point five percent to seventy point five percent for Najee Harris. So like they played him more. They're just not going to give him the ball when all these other guys are out there. So like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, but um, all right, this game pretty straightforward, by the way, I will note there are internet rumors. I'm going to call them internet rumors. Cause I haven't seen them from anybody like super reputable, but like, Chase Claypool is apparently the Packers are trying to you know they're all in on trying to get Chase Claypool who's coming off like his best game in five years three years at this point um, last week against the Bucks we'll see about that Um, that would just be perfect if I just talked myself into an Elijah Moore to Green Bay trade and then they trade for freaking Chase Claypool that would be perfectly (laughs) on brand free uh,
0: George Pickens though I'd love to free up the targets his way go for it
1: yeah, agree. Uh, that would be awesome. But yeah, these teams are pretty straightforward. Uh, let's move on to the last that's a, by, game. Here. By the way, that's
2: just that's so weird because they already have like Christian Watson, who's like who's like Kirkland's signature, Chase Claypool. Um, I, I don't know. That's a that's the just, Packers. It are, just seems like a, they
1: have weird like thresholds with wide receivers that it's like, oh, we don't care how good of a route runner you are or like a technician as long as you're big and fast. Like it'll yes, it'll work out. And then Aaron Rodgers hates all of them. So like yeah, maybe get a guy to you know. Is it'd be great if he was 6'2 and could also run routes and get open. Like that would be nice. But it seems there seems to just be like, all right, let's get athletes and Randall Cobb and we'll we'll do this thing. And it's like not working out that well. Although Al Lazard has been really good this year, so I think that is worth pointing out. Like, um, he, he's he's probably an every week fantasy starter and he's been good for Rodgers. But yeah, Packers are a weird team, man. A lot of weird stuff going on there. So yeah, they by the way, they're I just let me just say right now, they're not trading for Elijah Moore. That guy's like 5-8 or whatever yeah so stupid yeah. a manifestation already over it lasted five minutes all right let's move on <laughs> to the last game here um and i'll speaking of five minutes andy floor is yours to go five minutes on the bears here who are in new england patriots are an eight point favorite 39 and a half over under andy floor is yours Chicago yeah you bears, know baby
2: you know, you know that thing about how Bill Belichick uh, takes away what whatever it is you do best. Um, the joke's on him. We, we, like the Bears don't do anything well. Uh, what are you What are you gonna take away? Ha-ha! Um, I don't. I don't even know <laughs> what you to see, say on the Bears you side, the, right? Did they, you see
1: the quote on uh, on like, the, like Belichick went on and on and on <laughs> about the Bears and all the things they did well, um, th- like heading <laughs> in his press conference this week, which is essentially like the kiss of death. You know when Belichick goes like, literally uh, from uh, Dakota Randall who covers the team, Bill Belichick with a whopping seven minutes and over a thousand words on how good the Bears are. uh, Is the tweet I'm looking at here, Andy? I don't even. I don't think you could do that. I don't think any other person could do that. So basically, that means like the Bears are not scoring a point this week.
2: I cannot give you a hundred words on things. The bears do well. Um, K- Khalil Herbert is pretty good and they're not going to play him very much. Um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, like, They just have no skill in the receiving core. Um, it is a, it is a terrible offensive line and a shell shocked quarterback. Um, if he isn't shell shocked by now, it, it will happen soon. <laughs> um, this has been so rough. They're not even—they're averaging less than twenty pass attempts per game, right? Um, I was just joking with Pianowski the other day about how, like, in nineteen forty-two, the nineteen forty-two Chicago Bears averaged seventeen point six pass attempts per game, and the current version of the Chicago Bears averages nineteen point two pass attempts per game. I mean, they are. <sighs> They are they are locked in amber, right? Like they are not a modern offense in any discernible way. Um, I have nothing positive to say about them. And I don't even I don't even know what you would focus on if you wanted to take away the thing that the Bears do well. I cannot identify it.
0: All right. So along with many others, I'm considering using the Patriots in my six million dollar survivor pool in which 94 percent have been knocked out. I do not like using teams coming off wins and nor going against teams coming off losses like the Bears. But so that's why I really appreciate Belichick spending seven minutes of his press conference talking (laughs) about, you better not take this team lightly. I just love that. Um, And hopefully primetime adds to that, too. But you know what I don't love? Uh, uh, Hobbled Mac Jones fighting uh, at the early part of his uh, high ankle sprain timeline because he's worried about Bailey Zappi taking his job. I mean, as someone considering the Patriots here, I'd rather just a healthy Zappi. Than a banged up back Jones who was way more turnover prone and that's how the Bears could could pull off the upside here is turnovers yeah. so um yeah so that's my concern in this game and that's all just uh just obviously selfish what I will give you is Tyquan Thornton looks special I don't know how it's going to work in a Patriots offense that wants to run the ball but man this rookie just looks different he's available in ninety percent of Yahoo leagues I'd stash him if you're in, if you're in a competitive one personally he just looks like he could be a difference maker over the final stretch don't don't use him right away especially against a a Bears team that's produced by far the highest uh, run rate against Uh, but he could be difference maker down the stretch and oh Ramondre Stevenson so so good
2: yeah I was going to say the same thing the Bears are just outrageously bad against the run and there's no way that the Ramondre thing doesn't continue
0: this is from
1: Belichick really the backs he starts it off but really this sentence here but really the backs Mooney Fields (laughs) Guys that can score on any play, a good group of tight ends that they use in there to so give us multiple formations and personnel groups. I mean, Andy, that sounds like an offense right there. That sounds like an offense he is about to absolutely demolish.
2: To absolutely. Amazing. 100% annihilate. Yeah. Um. My God, this, this is going to be so bad. I'm just I'm sorry. I believe this is the last time the Bears are on in primetime this season. So uh, be thankful for that.
1: All right. Well, uh, we will eagerly await to see if Dalton uses the Patriots in his in his survivor uh, pool, because that is that is the biggest thing that we've got. going. Your bears are going right
0: to knock now. me out, Baron. That's the ultimate getting at me. Th- this. That's got to be it's the not...
2: chalkiest thing, right? I mean, who's I know it's a many the people.
0: I know. I know. I know. But like I said, this year's different. People are flying. I, I tried to go contrarian last week. I went against the Rams. Didn't work out well. But this week, you know, the Patriots, I don't think they're favored by more than three in another game moving forward, too. But you're right. It's absolutely the chalk. But you got to live, too. It's, so it's, a, it's yeah. a tough balance, man. But yeah. Anyway, good time talking football with you guys today, gentlemen. Hell
1: yeah, guys! It's a great show. We really appreciate it. Um, make sure you're keeping up with Andy and Dalton, all their content, and of course, like, can't wait to get Dalton back on FFL so he can tell us, uh, you know, to trade away Derrick Henry, and uh, you know, to, right before he <laughs> erupts, can tell <laughs> us to play Russell Wilson on Monday night. Uh, I mean, we're are they gonna have you back on the show, Dalton? What's the deal?
0: I, I think I liked Eno too. Well. I mean, everybody, like, me you know, that's, yeah. Not yeah. <laughs>
1: that's not your fault. That's not your fault. I'm not going to I'm not going to yeah. on that one. I was there with yeah. you on the Derrick Henry thing, and he uh, punched both of us in the in the oh. proverbial face uh, over the Internet. So we love to see it. All right. That is going to do it for us. You can follow Andy on Twitter at Andy Behrens. You can follow Dalton on Twitter and just pray that he tweets at some point at Dalton Del Don. And you can follow (laughs) me if you want to. You don't have to. At Matt Harmon underscore BYB. If you don't feel like following all three of us, just follow at Yahoo Fantasy and they'll retweet our good tweets questionable. uh, If we have any good tweets into your timeline, you know, we'll see about that. As always, Scott will be back with me on Monday morning with a recap of the Week 7 games. Until then, we're out.